Hello and welcome. This is The Art of Giving Up, your podcast for 2021. As always, I'm your host James, and I want to say welcome to this, our journey of growth, self-improvement, progression, positivity, and of doing sometimes what needs to be done. This, of course, is your podcast for the week of, I don't know, I think it's January 18th, two days before the induction of Joseph Robinette Biden as the President of the United States, and hopefully a shift in rhetoric. A little bit of a shift from the anger, divisiveness, and bigoted language in the lives that we've been living. Instead of that, I'm here to talk about classism a little bit, just briefly, because that's what we do. But before I get into that, I just want to make sure that everybody knows be at peace things don't always turn out perfectly you don't always get what you want the way you want it so when Wednesday comes around I want you and everyone you know to remember that things aren't perfect but there's always a tomorrow so Andrew Yang Anybody who's been a fan of this podcast or has ever interacted with me knows that during the primaries for the Democratic candidate, I was pushing behind Andrew Yang. And not because I thought he was a particularly progressive candidate. I don't think that universal basic income is particularly progressive. I just felt like in the world of moderate Democrats, the one who'd give me $1,000 a month is the one that I would that'd be nice <laughs> um, listen I'm a one policy person when you're, pro- when you're poor when things are struggling when the coronavirus is, is ramping up around you somebody offering to give you money sounds good to me so Mr. Yang hashtag Yang Gang is running for mayor of New York which I think of course I believe may actually be a lock for him considering that he went to help a rally, uh, of course, following the wake of Stacey Abrams and her awesome grassroots campaigning in Georgia and the runoff elections. You know, Andrew Yang really helped and was one of the people who stepped down there. And one of the reasons I believe that is, is that was him being put into position to do good, to give him some experience so that when he came back to New York, that he would have a little experience and a little political goodwill so that he could start his political career as the mayor of New York. I'm not going to talk about his policies. I'm going to talk about those ads. <laughs> I don't even know if they're ads, but on Twitter, he posts these things, and one of them is like him biking past my old job from his neighborhood. And it's like, it feels good to be back in New York because this is my commute, and I like my commute. And, you know, people are like, meh, 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 Andrew Yang. But then there, there's another one where he goes into a bodega, Right? And Andrew Yang goes into the bodega 
and he's like, well, well, technically, I think we can all do Port Diego. <laughs> you know, it's, um, because just in case you're from New York, people generally in New York will call any kind of corner or convenience shop a bodega, though bodegas tend to be Hispanic-owned. Um, he's in there, and he's like, yeah, bodegas in New York are backbone of New York, and he he grabs his green tea, and he goes to grab a banana, but it won't come off, so he grabs the whole bunch, and he pays the person. He's like, stick up for bodegas, make sure that you participate in bodega, bodega them. All the comments are just like, that's not a bodega, because bodegas are run down and dingy, and if there's not a cat in there, and if it's so dim you can barely see, and if the chips aren't dusty, then it's not a bodega. And that just really rang out to me as like crazy classism for two reasons. One, the deli that he was in is Seven Brothers Deli, which is owned by an Arab man around the corner from my old job. And it's just another convenience grocery store or bodega, as lots of people like to say in New York. So, I mean, that that's one thing. But also, it's a little classist for people to be like, well, it's not a real bodega. Mainly because the people aren't, who are saying this aren't the people who live in, like, the Bronx on, like, Story Avenue or in Soundview or in Brooklyn or East New York. These people don't live there. These people are on Twitter and probably they're more moderately nice apartments. And they're like, well, a bodega should be... These grocery stores have improved... They look nicer. The city's really cracked down on the pets in the inside uh, because they all seem to have deli counters. The city's been really persistent in making sure that these places are hygienic, have the hygiene. It's weird in classes. And I think it's kind of a destructive narrative to be like, these businesses have to look dingy and run down and offer nothing. Almost every deli, convenience, bodega, store, whatever you call it, in New York City is owned and operated by minorities, people of color, Arab Americans, especially like a lot of Yemenis, you know, a lot of, you know, just a lot, like a lot of everybody from Oman up in there, Mauritanians, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Africans, everybody, black Americans. These stores are run, owned, and operated and largely serve communities of color. Even the one that he's in is surrounded, yes, in Hell's Kitchen by some very nice uh, places and apartments. But I worked there. I don't live there. And those were the places I'd go because I could afford to go in there and grab a snack. Those places serve communities and people of color. And there is nothing wrong with someone, doesn't matter who it is, picking one at random, even a nice looking one. If anything, it benefits the idea to pick a to pick one that's been renovated recently and be like, support this, support these people. And it's nothing to do with Andrew Yang. It's about ending this weird classist is you know what it is? It's like of course. You have to think of it like this, right? Isn't the rhetoric that bodegas are dingy 
covered in now granted I'm going to start using like my memories of bodegas of corner stores when I was a kid to kind of flesh out this narrative that they're all dingy narrow barely stocked have lots of Arizona iced tea stickers and Coors light stickers all over the window little spinny things so that in little bulletproof glass and cracked windows and dusty floors and a, and and a, and, a, and a silly cat named Gaucho isn't that rhetoric kind of harmful harm harmful to the people who kind of run those establishments because the truth is is very few of them have ever really looked like that and they've all begun to look like the one in that video the one in that video has the same wall fridges as always, but it also has the open air deli case that is now used for drinks and for refrigerable to go items that almost all of them now have. It has the same exact deli counter from the same manufacturers that distributes to all of them. It has the same deli meats. It has the same bagels and breads distributed throughout the city, primarily by small and uh, 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 bread companies and distributors, most commonly owned by Hispanics and Arabs. The people who work in the stores tend to be people of color, the people who are the consumers, the people who stock and maintain and bring the items. Why Why can't a place run, owned, operated, Frequented by people of color be beautiful. It can. And any other kind of view of that is bigoted. It makes me think that people have never really been to like the projects, right? Because you go to the projects, people say, well, the projects are dirty. They ain't never been nobody's house. People in the projects be having some nice houses. Now, I know some people who live in government housing got some dirty ass houses, but mostly people be having. Nice houses, nice clean floors. Sometimes the buildings are dingy. The buildings are dingy because the city runs and operates, maintains the buildings, and the city doesn't replace cracked window panes, and they don't have people there who mop the floors regularly or repaint. They tend to use the same beige tile, and they use the same weird uh, paint, and they... Did like with the you know sponging thing, so it's all like weird and crackly. But inside these people's houses, they have iPads and televisions and education. They go to work. They do things. The rhetoric that people of color don't have nice things, that they don't run nice businesses, is dangerous, and it's a goddamn lie. So again. Not particularly a pro-Andrew Yang thing, but I think that anybody who has any sort of platform who's like support one of the biggest types of locally owned businesses in New York City, I think that deserves no criticism. Yes, he's corny. He's weird. He's he's little dad jokes. Even if he's only doing it for political clout or to pander. But everybody in New York loves their delis, loves their pizza, loves their decucci fritos. Everybody in New York loves that. In whatever city you're from, whatever country you're from, whatever town, 
whatever place you frequent, everybody where you are is proud of those places. Don't take the pride of these people and, and, and connect it to some sort of meme from, you know, don't be a minister South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. The people in these stores are nice. They tend to be kind to their communities. Even if the sign says no credit, they'd be giving credit. They'd be helping people out if they're hungry. These are institutions in every neighborhood. They are beautiful. And even if they can't afford to have the shiniest floors, even if they can't afford to have the most products, they provide an essential service to people, especially up in the Bronx, like these food deserts up in Queens. These places, they are a beacon. They are a community. They are the watering hole. My mother used to always send me when I was a kid. She used to be like, when the commercial would come on, and I was like seven. And she'd be like, can you go to the store? Give it for me. And this store was literally like five feet from my apartment building. We were on the first level, so I'd walk out five feet, walk to the left, one foot, walk in the door. you go in there, and they would give me bags of chips, you know. One time I stole something, and they told my mother, and they just made me apologize, and they gave me some candy. Used to, when I was a kid, I used to always get... Uh, bologna with mustard and American cheese. I connected with the mother of my godchildren when she was pregnant and we used to go to the deli and she started getting bacon and cheeses or raisin bagels with cheddar cheese and that's how I learned how I love cheddar cheese. When I started, when I first was, became vegetarian, me and the cl- person close to on earth, we used to go, we used to get lettuce, tomato, onions, pickle sandwiches with cheese. This is, this. you know, when I was hungry, when you was cold, when you need something to drink, when you have only a dollar, when you got a quarter, when it says 35 cents, but you only got a quarter so they still let you have it, that's what a bodega is. Of course, you know what this is. This is the art of giving up. And as always, I'm your host, James. Be it love. Don't forget to hope. And as always, peace.